Welcome to $100 Plus Mileage. This is the podcast about the roughly 1,000 bills that work their way through the New Hampshire legislature each year. We cover the controversial, the lesser known, and even the downright wacky. We're here to tell you about these bills and the issues that they relate to and the pros and cons of those issues and talk about how they could impact your life. I'm Mike Dunbar, content editor for Citizens Count. And I'm Anna Brown, director of research and analysis for Citizens Count. The waters off the New Hampshire coast boast an abundant lobster population, which has made the Granite State home to some of New England's best seafood restaurants. And I believe it was Senator Hassan who said, best lobster, period, in New England. For some, nothing says summer quite like a lobster roll. A bill before the New Hampshire legislature would make it legal for scuba divers to catch lobsters recreationally, issuing a special license for them. However, some worry the legislation could have unintended consequences for the environment and the commercial lobster industry. All right, Anna, we've had this bill on our radar for the last few weeks now. And to be honest, I kind of kept writing it off as probably not very interesting. But then we started to take a closer look and discovered how wrong we were, or I was. Um, I always, if there was lobsters, I was like, this is going to be fun. Yeah, see, <laughs> let's that, that's dig the thing. Into you the have those instincts issue. for you. So let's set the stage first by talking about lobsters and the law in New Hampshire. Somebody wrote a book somewhere called Lobsters and the Law. All right. There is a robust commercial fishing industry in New Hampshire, regulated by the state's Fish and Game Marine Division. New Hampshire law includes strict rules about how and when lobsters can be caught. This is meant to keep the species from being depleted by overfishing. Of course, some residents wish to catch their own lobsters without running a commercial enterprise, and state law has a special provision for doing so. RSA 211-18 states that a resident who holds a recreational lobster and crab license can catch lobsters so long as they don't use more than five lobster traps and don't sell the lobsters. Okay, so you're actually saying it's already legal to catch lobsters recreationally, so what would this bill actually change? HB 1297 would allow New Hampshire's Fish and Game Department to issue a scuba diver recreational lobster license. This would mean that residents who wish to catch lobsters recreationally wouldn't have to set lobster straps, and instead they could go scuba diving and catch the lobsters by hand. The bill establishes a season for taking lobsters from April 1st through September 15th. Divers would be allowed to take at least three lobsters per day. Fish and game could set the limit higher. And divers wouldn't be allowed to sell the lobsters. They could only take them for their personal consumption or for family and guests. Paging Kramer from Seinfeld, if anyone's seen the episode, you couldn't just take the lobsters from somebody's trap and eat them. You'd have to catch them yourself. So divers would also have to make sure the lobster was of legal size before surfacing with it. This would be a five-year pilot program, after which time the legislature could decide whether the benefits outweighed any downsides. Okay, so I guess so far I'm kind of on the fence. The bill doesn't feel like it would have a huge impact on New Hampshire either way, but... Also, I guess if some people want to go diving for lobsters, why not just let them? The pros and cons on this bill are a little surprising. It gets a little complex. So Representative Gregory Hill believes New Hampshire should allow taking lobster while engaged in recreational scuba diving because he feels the current law doesn't provide equal access to this natural resource. For one, setting lobster traps requires a recreational lobsterman to have a boat. You can't just throw the traps off the pier, as he put it. And operating a boat, especially taking current gas prices into consideration, is very expensive. The required fishing gear also takes a lot of time to service. A diver, on the other hand, can go lobstering without having to trouble themselves with lobster traps. Instead, they can catch lobsters by 
reaching out and grabbing them. Yeah, and this is why I love talking about the details of these lesser-known bills. I never would have even thought of that argument, but it totally makes sense. Supporters also argue that divers who would choose to dive for lobsters would likely be a small, experienced group. So these divers would understand the importance of avoiding areas where boats might be, they'd know how to keep away from entangling fishing lines, and they'd likely focus on shallower waters and leave the deep water for the big lobster boats. So lastly, they do believe that this small group would also have minimal impact on the lobster habitat and population. Right, right. Okay, good. Well, you said that there are some cons, though. Yes. Other who spoke at the House hearing for this bill warned of several potential pitfalls. First, it could be challenging for the Fish and Game Department to enforce the law because they'd need to have divers in the water looking for people (laughs) who are going after these lobsters. So other people worried that divers might steal lobsters from commercial lobster traps. Like I mentioned, Kramer in the Seinfeld episode just taking the lobsters out of the trap. (laughs) Or they might injure the lobsters while attempting to capture them. So lobster traps are specially designed to allow smaller lobsters to escape. There's some discussion now that there's actually problems in the lobster population. The little younger lobsters, maybe there's not enough of them. It's We could be looking at future crisis. And in the hearing, I learned that lobsters actually sometimes shed their claws in an effort to escape, and then it takes them a really long time to regenerate those. So even if someone doesn't catch a lobster or they catch a small one and let it go, if that lobster gives up a claw in the process, that could also be hurting the population long term. Yeah, and I'm sure they, you know, need that for their hunting and for protection. Wow, that's very sad. I actually don't know what lobsters use their claws for. For all I know, they use it to climb tiny jungle gyms, but sure, yeah, <laughs> it's it sounds sad. Who wants to imagine a lobster losing a claw? Exactly. But I did read, I think, that other coastal states allow diving for lobsters except for Maine, so it must work in some other places. It's true. Massachusetts and other states to our south do allow divers to catch lobsters. People pointed out, though, we have a really short coastline in New Hampshire, so doesn't that mean that divers and lobster fishermen might be competing for the same relatively small territory? Could this lead to conflicts? And the Fish and Game Department is also concerned about how scuba divers searching for lobsters might damage the nearshore habitat by flipping over rocks, disturbing roots of eelgrass, and so on. Fun fact, I also learned through this bill hearing that there is something called a, quote, tickle stick if you're (laughs) diving for lobster. Use of a tickle stick, which is a straight or slightly bent stick used to agitate a lobster into coming out of its hole, shall be permitted. Wow, so much, so much going on with this bill. I, I I should have believed you when you said it was going to be great. Learning about the tickle stick alone, I I was just it's it's just a funny sounding thing in general, and I just ag- agitating the lobsters. But anyway, <laughs> I've learned a lot. All right, Anna. Well, we're all about taking action here at Citizens Count. So if a listener wants to voice their opinion on this bill, either way, how can they do so? This bill passed the House and recently had a public hearing in the Senate. If you think granite staters should be allowed to die for lobsters. Or if you think the law should remain as it is now and you should have your boat in your traps, you can voice your opinion by contacting your state senator and letting them know how you feel about HB 1297. All right, Anna. Well, that wraps it up for the bill discussion of this podcast, but it's time for our trivia segment, Only in New Hampshire. I really hope you found something nautical themed for us. Do you even know me, Mike? I I always (laughs) find something that's so appropriate. I was thinking about fishing, maritime trivia, and I thought of the ship that appears on New Hampshire's state flag. Right, right. It's the Raleigh, right? 
That's yes, that That's is all the name. I know about it. And I would love to read you some from the state's website now about the USS Raleigh. Hit me. The ship on the state steel or the state flag is the frigate Raleigh, built at Portsmouth in 1776 as one of the first 13 warships sponsored by the Continental Congress for a new American Navy. It became the centerpiece of the 1931 seal. The 1931 seal law spelled out that only a granite boulder could be shown in the foreground as symbolic of the granite state's rugged terrain and the character of its citizenry. The Raleigh has a checkered career of adversities, while first becoming the first to carry the American flag into sea battle. She was unable to go to sea for 15 months for lack of armament, and after her first voyage to France for munitions, her captain was dismissed for incompetency. (laughs) Soon thereafter, she was beached off Maine, captured by British warships, and used for the remainder of the Revolutionary War against her own country. Oh, my gosh. And that's the ship that ended up on our flag. Wow. So just to go back through it, it was the first to carry the American flag into battle, but they pretty much went downhill from here. Captain was terrible. They dismissed him. Beached, captured by British, used by the enemy. <laughs> that's a nice little bit of selective history. Like, you know, it, <laughs> just kind of remember the good times. Well, the best part is that they, that they were like, but we're going to put the rock in front of it. Like, put the granite rock in right. front of it. Then we got the Raleigh. You know, it's. I, I mean, I guess it's appropriate since it, it got beached, right? So maybe that was just an accurate reflection of history. They were like, it pretty much ran into a rock, so... Let's just put it on the flag. All right, well, that wraps it up for today's episode, but you can find more information and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting. Shout out to producer Alex, who also works on Lobster Town. Yes. Shout out to Alex. We were discussing about how uh, Alex has a side project, a musical side project uh, called Lobster Town. So check that out as well. The theme music for this podcast was composed by Mike Dunbar. And lastly, we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be part of what makes New Hampshire by the people for the people.